welcome, welcome, welcome. I know today is not our normal day, but hey, sometimes God is doing a new thing and it will spring forth suddenly, amen. So we can't be so rigid. Hallelujah. We can have a schedule and a commitment and we are to be uh, diligent and faithful in that. But sometimes, you know, it's okay um, if the Lord switches it or maybe something just comes up. I just, you know, got busy, more busy than I anticipated on Friday, but I'm here. I love so much coming onto the podcast to um, just have this community, to be able to uh, connect with you all and to just give you guys what I believe the Lord has given me. And today there is a word. There's a word for all my sisters, all my sisters in Christ, all of my sisters. Hallelujah. All the daughters of Jerusalem, the daughters of Zion. And even if some of our brothers, hallelujah, our kings, hallelujah, come on. You are welcome. You are welcome. The Lord will also speak and minister to you if he allows you to come on this podcast. Amen. So we just are so um, excited. I'm excited, I should say. I'm so excited for what God is doing and just how he is just continuing to meet me every time it's time to do the podcast. And sometimes... You know, I don't come and do the podcast because maybe I don't feel the anointing in the moment. You know, I believe that when God is ready to move, you will feel his presence in the when you're about to go forth and do what he's called you to do. And sometimes when I don't feel that, then I'm like, I say, okay, I'm going to do the podcast. I'm going to do the podcast. But so many things come up and I'm just like, wait, Lord, I know that I want to be committed to be faithful in what you called me to do, right? But, you know, it wasn't the time because how many of us know that God's timing is perfect and his timing don't always align with our timing. We have expectations in our mind. We have ideas of a time frame, a calendar in our mind, a timeline. But sometimes God is just, you know, going to totally, you know, wreck that, that, that time frame that we have. You know, I know people say by this age, I should have done this. By this age, I should have done that, right? By this age, I should have been married. By this age, I should have had children. By this age, I should have accomplished this particular goal or, or this a particular um, accomplishment in career, right? Whatever it is, we all have these time frames. And so we have to understand when we yield ourselves to the Lord, we even yield our time frame, amen? And so I just wanted, that just was in my spirit. For anybody who listens to this and you are beating yourself up because you feel like, oh, I'm, you know, 30, I'm 35, I'm 40, and I haven't accomplished these things I thought that I would accomplish by now. I haven't been married by now. I haven't had children by now. I'm not where I want to be in business or my career by now. I'm not, my ministry isn't where I thought it would be um, by now. But God is saying, don't worry because his time is perfect. His grace is sufficient that when you are supposed to be where he wants you to be, he's going to get you there. He's going to put you where you need to be. He's going to redeem the time. He's going to restore the time. You ain't lost no time. If you don't have something yet, it's because you don't need it. And so don't worry. Don't burden yourself. Don't condemn yourself because you didn't align with a time frame that you set. Because we are in God's calendar. His timing and his set timings is perfect. And he has a time and a season for everything under the sun. And so my sister, there's a time for you to walk in greatness. There's a time for you to have those desires of your heart. There's a time for your ministry to be flourishing. There's a time. But what there is time for right now is to continue to be faithful. 
Be found faithful even right now with the little, right? We know in Zechariah it tells us not to despise the day of small beginnings. Sometimes the the in the small or when we feel like we're we haven't quite accomplished or we we feel like we're our life just isn't where we want it to be. There is something God is cultivating in us in that moment. In that moment, God is calling us, you know, to to maybe um, work out something that we need to release or to let go of a bad habit or let go of a sin, let go of a mindset. Right? He's trying to renew and he's doing a new thing and he's processing and he's purging and he's doing a lot in that time. So don't despise it. It is a great time to be in. Wherever you are in your walk, in your season, in your journey, take heart to know that it is God's timing and his place for you. And if you do feel like where you are is not where God wants you to be, you need to go to him and you need to consecrate yourself, pray fast and seek him on why. What's hindering you? What's delaying you, right? Because you are a champion, amen? You you are overcomers in Christ Jesus. You're victorious, right? And God, his heart for us, the Bible tells us he will withhold no good thing from the upright and the righteous. So if God has promised you something or you know you're supposed to be in a different season and you're not, you need to be um, able to go to God and to seek him on why not and be open to hear what he has to say. And whatever it is you need to do or need to stop doing, hasten to obedience, amen, because the acceleration is in your obedience. So that's a word for somebody. Your acceleration is in your obedience. Sometimes we think we're being obedient and maybe we're not being completely obedient. Maybe we've done this thing or we followed this um, instruction, but God wants us to follow all the instructions. In Joshua 1, it says, be careful to obey or observe all of the instruction that is in the law. So you can have success in all that you do, right? So we can't leave out any small detail, right? If God told you, you know, to, to go and, you know, to, to, to go and fill out a job application, and but you already got a job, so you don't feel like it's significant. Maybe God told you, you know, to go and connect with a person, but you don't really, under, you don't see it, so you don't understand. Maybe God told you, you know, to start preparing for something, but because it seems so far off, you kind of just, you know, put it on the back burner. You know, whatever God has told you to do, be sure before you approach him, make sure that you sit with Holy Spirit and ask Holy Spirit to bring to your remembrance. Is there something I forgot? Is there something I'm missing? Bring it back to my remembrance so that I can go back and I can repent and complete the instruction. Amen. So yes, I, I don't know. That's what came in my spirit, but I welcome it. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you for saying that. It could even be just for me. I'll receive it, amen, because I know I forget things a lot. Sometimes, if I'm honest, I do take things for granted, if I'm honest. Sometimes, you know, the Lord tells me to do things, and, and because it may not seem like it makes sense or it doesn't seem significant or maybe, you know, just a very small thing that he told me to do. And I'm like, eh, or maybe I just get so busy with life that it just slips my mind. And I'm just always, you know, moving and, and, in the you know, sticking and moving all the time that I don't even have the time to sit for it to come back to my memory. And then time passes. Next thing you know, it's been months, right? I don't know about y'all, but that has definitely been an experience I've had this year on several occasions and God is gracious and so he's not going to condemn you but the Holy Spirit's job is to convict you so when you start feeling that nudge in your heart no that's from love that is God saying hey daughter you forgetting this thing though hey daughter 
You know, I told you to complete this task. I told you to follow this instruction. I told you to do this. And I still need you to do it because what we don't realize is our obedience, our acceleration is connected to our obedience. Amen. And so, um, just know he's never lost a battle. That was never lost by Indiana Bible College. I don't own the rights to that music, but it is one of my most favorite worship um, songs that I will play in my time when I really just need to be encouraged to be reminded God has never lost a battle and he's not starting now. No matter where you are in your journey, no matter what life has brought, no matter where you feel like you might have missed it, God's grace is sufficient and there is nothing God cannot do. He is a restorer. He is a redeemer. And so we are just going to thank him and praise him for what we know he's going to do. Amen. I need some opportunities to come back around. I don't know about you. I need some things to be restored in my life. So if you're anything like me, you can rejoice in knowing God has not forgotten and that you have not gotten so far off that God cannot restore it, that God cannot bring it back around again. Amen. Let's thank God for the bring it back around. Come on. Let's thank you for the bring it back around. So I just want to welcome you all to the Purity After Promiscuity podcast, where we are redefining a woman's worth. I'm your host, Janelle Renee. I want to welcome to all my new listeners, subscribers, those who download, stream. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this community. We are a community of women. Sometimes we have men come on and that is welcome because we know God is not gender restricted. God loves all his children, all his creation. And so if you come on, you are male, it's okay. The Lord will have a word for you as well. And so maybe you are a male, but you may have a wife, a sister, a daughter, and you can send them here to this community because it is the community for women to come together, to lock arms, right? Because the Bible tells us that there's power in numbers, that one could put a thousand of flight and two could put 10,000. In Ecclesiastes 4, it tells us that two get a good reward for their labor, right? And so we want to come together in this community, hold each other up, encourage, empower, uplift each other, exhort, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus Christ. I am an exhorter. So what I come to do is to encourage you to, to stir up the, the fire, to stir up the spirit in you, to get your faith to, to be beaten again. You know, our faith can be like our heart. And like the Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So if you got a sick heart, it don't work properly. Well, if you got sick faith, it ain't working properly. So it's my job to come. I'm like a fire starter and I'm here to start your fire of your faith again, to start the fire of you seeking after God with your whole heart again. Maybe there's something that you need to hear from God and you're not in a place where you understand how God speaks to you, or maybe you just haven't been able to pray like you used to or be in the word. And so you haven't been hearing God's voice and maybe God may use me to, to speak to you, you know, to give you clarity, confirmation, right? To give you an instruction, whatever it is, that is what we do on this podcast. This also is a podcast for women who like me have had to go down a particular path in their history, in their past, be as a result of, you know, trauma, as a result of abuse, as a result of, you know, having a dysfunctional um, upbringing, having a traumatic upbringing, and it causes us to do things and it causes us to look for love in all the wrong places. It causes us to, because we didn't have a father in our in our life or a father to be present, we, we turn to men and we turn to other things, trying to fill a void, trying to be love trying to be accepted and validated and God wants us to know that he can restore you even from whatever you've done, even if you feel like you've done the worst of the worst, even if your past isn't clean, even if you f are not proud of the things you did, even if, you know, you you did some of the unspeakable, amen. I know I got skeletons in my closet. And so 
even with all of that, God is saying there is nothing too difficult for him. Amen. He tells that to Abram when Abram is believing for his promised son that God promised him. And it took 24 years for this to manifest. But God wanted him to know, listen, no matter how impossible it seems to you, no matter how, you know, by man's standard, it is just it is just something that cannot happen. God says there is nothing impossible. So sister, I want to say to you today, if you're on here and you feel like you've been promiscuous, if you feel like you had to live a lifestyle that you were, you were not proud of, if maybe you had to turn to going to the club and maybe you had to turn into, you know, turn to stripping just to make ends meet to put food on the table. Maybe, you know, some kind of way you fell into prostitution or you were human trafficked or, you know, some maybe you got connected with the wrong man. You was looking for love but he was looking to take advantage and he you know he abused you and caused you to abuse your body maybe you just was numb and you was just walking around trying to to fill a void and you know you found yourself being under a man every time you turned around maybe you dibbled and dabbled in you know a homosexual lifestyle and lesbianism let me tell you something sister it does not matter what it is it does not matter what it is god's grace is sufficient for you the blood covers that because the word tells us that his love covers a multitude of sins so that means even your sin that means even your sin and this is why today's episode is bold as the lion of judah because let me tell you one thing when you get restored when you have an encounter with jesus christ you cannot be the same and after he begins to come into your life you begin you get filled with you receive him you confess with your mouth you believe with your heart you receive you be baptized for the remission of sins for the newness of life for the symbolizing of your public declaration that you have received jesus christ and that you're now being reborn which means that the old you passed away so sister whatever you did back then i don't care what you did i don't care if you was an escort or prostitute i don't care what you did i don't care if you used your body to seduce men to get what you want i don't care if you used your body for sex magic i don't care what you did i don't care if you was involved in threesomes and orgies and you was you know a, a part of these different you know um you, erotic and exotic sex clubs and sex groups and into these all these all these different you know lifestyles that are out there right and and you get you got yourself entangled in it for whatever reason i don't care what you did god's grace is sufficient for you and when you come to know god when you receive jesus christ as your lord and savior and he begins to restore you and he begins to heal you and make you whole he begins to renew you that old pass away that's why you are baptized because that old is now staying in the water you rise up a new creation and you are the bible tells us that the old has passed away and behold you are a new creation in christ jesus now that you are new you have to be bold as the Lion of Judah. Amen. What does that mean? You cannot allow yourself or people. Listen to me. If God has forgiven you, one thing the Bible does say that God remembers it no more. Now, I know that's difficult with humans because human tends, humans tend to remember and they tend to want to put you in remembrance of the thing you did, how you hurt them, who you used to be, what you used to do. But I'm going to tell you here and now that you are going to have to tell them that like Paul said, that was not me. That was the sin in me. And you say it with all confidence and boldness because it is not a lie. It is the truth. Because when you were in, once a child of disobedience, you was a child of the devil or a child of, you know, you, you were, we were all once children of disobedience, meaning because we were all born in sin. 
All of us, we all come like from sin. We all had to be saved from some sin. It's not a such thing as a big sin versus a little sin. Just because your sins are more outward or, you know, people know your sins more and some people got closet sins and, and, and their sins are more unknown doesn't make any difference. The Bible tells us we all are born in sin. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. We all have sinned and fallen short. Amen. So do not allow condemnation, whether it's the enemy trying to speak it into your mind with all of these self, um, self-hatred thoughts and self-condemning thoughts. And, you know, all of these things he'll try to bombard your mind with as you're trying to, um, as you're going forth on your journey to be sanctified, to be healed, to be renewed. God is, his word is true. So if God says you're a new creation, sister, you're new who you were don't exist no more that woman died and you need to if even if you need to have a funeral for her to put yourself in remembrance that she is no longer alive that you are not who you used to be that's what you need to do but don't you never ever let anybody no matter who it is friend family you know a person pastor you know a minister someone in the church someone in the world someone in the marketplace someone in the ministry you know someone in your family in your household it does not matter who it is don't you never ever let nobody put a label that the blood already conquered and already um, covered in the name of jesus christ don't you let nobody put condemnation on you because in romans it tells us there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Sister, you be bold as the Lion of Judah. You say it with confidence. I am not her. I've done no man no harm. I find it so interesting and profound that Paul, when he was Saul, he did all of these things, right? He persecuted Christians. He put Christians in jail. He even got Christians killed. And he, he even may have killed some himself because he thought what he was doing in his heart was right at the time. He wasn't doing it in direct, you know, being directly rebellious against God and trying to crucify the church. In his mind, he thought he was protecting the faith of what he was grew what he grew up in. He grew up under the law, under the Torah. He was a Pharisee, a Hebrew of Hebrews. And so he studied under the best of the best. So based on what he knew, like a lot of us make choices and we do things based on what we know. I know when I was out here in the world and I was broken and I was wounded, I was lost, I was insecure, you know, I had low self-esteem, I was just bleeding all over the place. I did, I made the best decisions I could in that place. I did the best I could with what I had. I didn't know any better. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't come from a family that was able to, you know, tell me biblical truths and principles or to speak life into me or to help me to, you know, overcome and to heal or anything like that. I didn't come from that. So I did the best I could with what I knew. And God's grace is sufficient even for that. He understands like some of us is not necessarily we're choosing. Like Saul was doing what he thought was right. And once he had an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, then he was able to come under the truth to say when Jesus like, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He didn't even know what was happening. He didn't even know he was persecuting the church. Just like a lot of times when we're out here living these lifestyles, we don't know that we're defiling our temple and our temple is where the Holy Spirit lives. I didn't know that. I didn't grow up in church. I, I mean, I got saved as a child, but I got saved because of a neighbor. A neighbor took me. So I went back to my toxic environment. I went back to my secular environment. I went back to my household that was living in sin. 
and wasn't talking about God and didn't have a Bible and I had no access to the things of God once I came home from church and had to go right back into my environment. So I wasn't continually able to have the seed of the word nourished in me. It wasn't able to be, it wasn't being water, right? And so again, I, I, I was a product of my environment. And yes, people can say, oh, you get older, you know right from wrong. That's easier said than done. People always say judgmental statements like that or these, you know, meaningless cliches when they haven't had that same experience like we always say what we wouldn't do but you really don't know what you would do until you're in that situation right and so a lot of times we condemn ourselves because once we start realizing the truth you know then that condemnation that guilt it comes in that shame comes in and the enemy wants to take those things and, and magnify it he wants to bombard you with it he wants to keep you held down he wants to keep you imprisoned by your guilt and your shame and your condemnation when it make you feel like you're on lovable that God can't you know he doesn't love you that God if God loved you why did he allow you to go through this why did that person hurt you why did that person abuse you why did you get molested why did you get raped why did your family abandon you why did your mom give you up why did your parents abuse you you know he'll bring up these things and he'll try to twist it and pervert it to make you think it was God that caused it and that God doesn't love you and I'm telling you right now the devil is a liar God does not tempt anybody the bible says it god does not tempt anyone but even in temptation because we're not tempted beyond what's common to man which means all of us experience some type of temptation all of us experience some type of hardship some type of trial some type of something that is unfair or unjust some of us may have more extreme experiences than others but there is nothing that god cannot heal there is nothing he cannot deliver you from there is nothing he cannot restore you from there is no, there is no past that he cannot wipe away that he can that the blood cannot wash amen and so i want to remind you sister be bold as the line of judah as the woman of god that you are today and moving forward i don't care if you just got saved yesterday if you just got saved five minutes ago if you just get saved while you're listening to this know that the moment you get saved you truly receive christ you need to make sure that you are able to get baptized by water that is a public declaration and that is symbolic of the washing come on now of the old person the old man let that old man go let it die sometimes we we want to hold on to aspects of the old person because maybe it's so familiar or maybe it's comfortable or maybe we think that it's a way that we're able to, you know, um, keep ourselves um, protected. And we try to hold on to aspects of the old. But one thing I can tell you, sister, that's not going to work in this walk. You're going to have to be able to completely release it. It may not all be overnight. It may be a process. I, mine was a process. I will let you know from experience, I got saved as a child, okay? I got saved about eight or nine, um, maybe 10, somewhere in, in my youth in that area, right? In that age, in that age range. However, I got I got saved, I got baptized, and I got filled. I immediately started going right into serving in, into the church. I was um, traveling. I was a part of the choir, traveling with the choir. I was just always at church because church happened to be across the street from my home. So it was, it was convenient. So I was always over there, right? But at the end of the day, even though that happened in my childhood, but because I was not cultivated in the environment where I could really flourish in that, 
I, I went to the world because I was in the environment more of the world, right? The people in my, in my, in my um, family, the people in my community, the people I knew, the people who I was around more times than not, they were just in the world and it's not speaking bad on them. It's not down on them. Most of us are just a product of what we know. Most of the time, our families do what they do because that's what they have been taught. That's what, the, that's what they learned. That's what was done to them. Most people don't do better because they don't know better. That may be hard to accept and to and to be at peace with, especially when you if you come from a very traumatic um, upbringing or experience. But the truth is, we only have a capacity to to operate out of what we know. And so because all I really was able to know was being in the world and fornicating and having sex out of wedlock and being a baby mama and going to the club and smoking weed and drinking and all of these things and indulging in criminal activities. And that's because that's what I saw most of the time. That's what I was around. That was the environment. Those were the seeds that were planted and walked in me so my process started around in my early childhood years but I didn't really start walking this walk truly as as a woman of God and allowing God to really have access to me completely I didn't really release and relinquish all control I didn't really trust him fully yet I didn't really you know I was straddling the fence for a long time I had one foot in one foot out or I was lukewarm sometimes the Bible um sometimes people say that because the Bible talks about if you're lukewarm the Lord will spew out of his mouth because he wants you either hot or cold you have to make a choice like in joshua 24 say choose thee this day to whom you're gonna serve so i was trying to serve the world and i was trying to serve god the bible says you can't serve two masters you can't serve god and mammon and so mammon is like um it was it was talking about you know money greed or just the world right the things of the world and so i was doing that for a long time because i still didn't have that revelation of me needing to truly make a choice and that i couldn't get into this relationship with the Lord through Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I couldn't get into the relationship with the Father and be halfway. That's like, you want to be married because that's initially, we are we are betrothed. We are, well, we are the bride of Christ. He's coming back for his bride. But so we make a covenant with God like Israel did. When we receive Jesus, we make a covenant. We enter into a marriage with the Lord. We now are saying that you are my Lord and Savior. You're my source. You're the lover of my soul. You know, I surrender. I submitted my, my entire life to you. I believe on your son, right? You make a promise, an oath, a vow. It's the same thing as a covenant or a marriage. And you do that when you become saved but it's like doing that in 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 the natural saying you're gonna marry somebody and you go through the whole wedding ceremony you exchange vows you say all these wonderful things and then you go back to living a single life you go back to dating different people you go back to you know doing what you want to do you go back to acting like you have no accountability acting like you don't have no partner acting like you're not um in a relationship and not in a marriage and you just totally are acting like you are a single individual see that is the same thing we do when we receive jesus christ as our lord and savior we have that you know moment where we feel sometimes we feel the power of god we have an encounter with god sometimes you know we are filled with the holy spirit we have this um divine supernatural encounter but then we go back to live in the exact same way that we were living before we had the encounter and so it had to take time for me because i really had to make a choice but i also had to be willing to give up 
the things that were familiar, the things that I knew. I had to give up the mindset. I had to give up the bad habits. I had to give up the behaviors. I had to give up control, amen? See, that's a big one. A lot of times, we it's easier to give up these other things. But sometimes the hardest thing is to truly give up control or truly give up an area that you really are holding near and dear that you feel that you you know just don't don't trust God yet or you think you can do it yourself so for me it was the area of relationships and so I just I don't know I just had a hard time I had a hard time giving up the idea of me being able to find you know my husband or the one me able to you know get a relationship the relationship that I really really desire and and truly trust God because Every experience of a relationship I had, with, especially even with people who said they loved me or people who should have loved me, whether it was like a family member, a close friend, you know, a lot of times they hurt me. And then, you know, I had a I had the false belief that then God hurt me. Right. Because they hurt me and because they were people that I didn't choose. Like you don't get to choose your family. You don't get to, you know, be born and then be like, OK, I want these parents. You're just born to your parents and sometimes your parents, you know, they have issues themselves and, and they just are able to do the best they can out of their own issues and their own unhealed um, wounds and trauma. And so a lot of times you, you we, we deflect that onto the Lord and we think he he hurt us, you know, we, or we think, you know, maybe we just can't trust him in that area. And so that was me. I couldn't I just didn't trust God in that area. And so I was holding back and it got to a place where I had to surrender everything. I had to surrender everything. It got to a place where I just didn't want to just come to the realization that my past was my past. Like it was a part of my story. It's a part of my testimony. There are just things that I did that I look back and like, oh my gosh, why did I do that? I cannot believe I did that. I'm so ashamed. I'm so embarrassed. You know, I would never talk about that. I want nobody to know. Like I, I, like I said on previous podcasts, I was paralyzed with fear for years sisters, come on. I don't know that I'm sure this might be, you know, even able to minister to somebody right now where you're, you know, some of the things you've done or some of the things you're doing, like you, you are so, you know, full of guilt and shame. You're so, you know, feeling all this condemnation that you just, you're, you're, you're almost like you're, you're paralyzed with fear. Like if somebody was to find out, you know, like it's the worst of the worst, right? Well, that's how I felt. And so I never wanted to talk about my past. I never wanted to talk about my experience. I never wanted to talk about, you know, um, the, the issues that I had that led me to, to go trying to find a, um, love and, and through me and in sex and, and smoking weed and all of the things that I did. I didn't want to talk about that because I was so embarrassed. I was so ashamed. I thought people would judge me, reject me. You know, I thought a man couldn't love me and all. And these are the lies too. The enemy will feed you. And so I didn't, I, I just, there was a part of me that I just couldn't feel, I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel comfortable to even to give it to the Lord, right? I just wanted to keep it in my just be to myself because I felt like that was the safest place for it. And so it just came up point in time once I was getting the right teaching and sitting under the right ministry. That's why that matters when you have, you know, the right ministry, you have the right man or woman of God that is preaching the truth, preaching biblically, um, preaching, you know, with power because we know the word is powerful and it's quick and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. So when you are sitting under the truth, you're sitting under the word of God, it's quite difficult 
for you to sit under the word and it not pierce your heart like it did in Acts 2 when the Holy Spirit, when Holy Ghost fell on the 120 and they began to speak in other tongues and the people who was witnessing it, they're seeing this happen but they don't know what to make of it. They think these men are just drunk out of their mind because they're babbling and talking crazy but then they on the same breath, the, the people who were the spectators or they was in the audience and they're watching this happen, they were able to hear and understand what the men were saying in their own languages. But they still didn't have no understanding. So the only thing that they could, the only way that they could sum it up is, oh, they drunk. But then that's what Peter had to say. No, we're not drunk. You know, and then he had to go and explain to them what had just had happened. And after he preached to the audience with power, the Bible says it pierced their hearts. And they asked, what do we need to do to be saved? Amen. There's you, you shouldn't be able to sit under the word of God because it is power. It is sharp that it's, it's able to separate the divisions of the, of, of soul and spirit bone and marrow, right? So the word should pierce your heart and it should begin to do a work inside of you. And because I was sitting under the word and sitting under the right um, man, of, a man of God and getting, you know, getting filled, filled with the truth and getting more understanding and getting revelation, I was able to make a choice. I was able to decide, you know what? I really want this life. I really want to have this relationship with the Lord fully and completely. I really want to be the woman of God that he called me to be, that he created me to be. I really want to be all in. Come on now, somebody all in, all in, because that's what God requires. Sometimes we think we can finagle, you know, I know like, especially if you come from the street, like myself, you know, you come from the street, you learn how to, you know, be witty and you learn how to have agility. You can move around, you know, you learn how to have some game and you can get in and out of a situation, you know, because, you know, you got, you know, you got the gift of gab, you know, you, you know how to use your mouthpiece. You know, sometimes we think we can do that with God. You know, sometimes we think we can, you know, go in and finagle him we think we can you know get over you know we think we can you know one two but with God it's all or nothing it's all or nothing but once you decide to be serious about your relationship with him he gonna be serious he's serious about you from the beginning so much so he gave a son to die but we need to have that revelation that we can't be one foot in one foot out and, and yes it's a process and that's okay or it may be yours, you have an encounter, you get saved, you get baptized, and it just happens immediately. And you immediately start, you know, just surrender everything. That's okay. Whatever your journey is, know that it's okay because it's for you. Do not compare your journey to someone else's. My journey was over years, okay? It was over years. So the woman I am today, how you hear, how I speak with boldness, how I speak with power, how I know the word, you know, how the, I'm able to hear from the Lord and all these things. It took a long time for me to get to this place. My process took time. But then I know people who they got saved and immediately, you know, it's like they just they just started hitting the ground running. And that's OK, too, because we all are have are called to a different purpose. We all have a different purpose and assignment. So don't get caught up. You just have to make a choice in your own heart. And once you make that choice that you're going to serve God and you want his will for your life and you totally surrender everything unto him and you have repented, which means you have stopped the things you know that were sin. You stopped and you turned around and you went back to him and you are no longer doing those things and he knows that know that he has forgiven you even if that moment is right now you know i used to say on my um 
podcast in my first season. Like, sis, I don't care if you under a man. You just got from under a man and you just happen to come across this podcast. You can repent. Salvation is for you. It's a free gift. It's, it's, it doesn't, it's not attached to a time frame. You know, if anything, the time is short and we really need to get serious about our own soul salvation and work it out with fear and trembling. We really need to seek God while he may be found because when night come and no man can work, when Christ comes, it's going to be as a thief in the night. No one knows the day or the hour. So we allow ourselves to think that we still have time. You know, I've heard people say when I talk to them about, you know, the state of their um, life or, you know, about salvation. Oh, I got time. You know, after I live my life and I do this and that, when I get older, then I'll, um, I'll go to God and I'll get saved. And my question is, what make you even think you're going to make it to get older? How do you know that? We don't know if we're promised tomorrow. We don't have a say in that. Right? Because if we did, there's a lot of people who would still be alive today. Who told you that? What make you think that you got, you got more time? What make you think you got more time to, to keep on living um, your life and you know you're living a lifestyle of sin or you know you're rebelling against God or you know that you're dibbling and dabbling in the dark arts and witchcraft and divination and all of these things that we know is an abomination and maybe you don't know it's a sin. Maybe you don't know it's an abomination. This is why you really need to get connected to, you know, a Bible teaching um, church in your, in your area, wherever you are. That's why you can, by any means, go purchase a Bible. You don't need to go to a church. You should go and get planted in a church when you are ready. But you can at least start with getting the Bible and reading and to know what does the Bible say, especially about certain practices and lifestyles, because the Bible talks about it. And some people don't know, you know, there's a lot of things I didn't know that was in the Bible um, because I, I didn't grow up, like I said, with that with, with that um, teaching. And so I find out things here in my adult life because now I'm reading the Bible for myself and I'm listening to messages and I'm, you know, going to church can, um, faithfully and things like that. But sometimes you don't know what you don't know. But the thing about it is just because you don't know don't mean it ain't still a sin and don't mean you're still not accountable. That's the part the enemy doesn't want you to know. The enemy don't want you to know just because you didn't know having sex out of wedlock was a sin that you still, if Jesus was returned, you still wouldn't make it to heaven because it's called fornication and it is a sin. It's not about whether you know it or not. And I think that's the hard part is knowing that there's a lot of things we may do that sin. And because we lack knowledge, this is why the Bible says, for my people perish for a lack of knowledge. We lack the knowledge and understanding of biblical truths and principles. And sometimes it's because we just didn't grow up in church. We didn't grow up in that kind of environment. Sometimes because we're under the wrong teaching. And sometimes it's, we're just ignorant, right? But we still are held accountable. The Bible talks about how even people who are unbelievers are still going to have to go in front of the you know, judgment seat. Just as believers are. It's a different judgment right? It's a different judgment, but we all have to be given account of our life. And we're going to have to give an account of what we did in this, in this earth. And so even though you didn't know, the unfortunate part about that is you still will have to give an account. 
And the only way you can know is if you start reading the word of God, if you start listening to, you know, sermons from true men or women of God, right? And you start getting under a church and a ministry that's truly preaching the truth and preaching the unadulterated word of God. So you are able to know. So maybe there are some things in your life that you will be able to um, repent from and able to, you know, turn, change your mind about it, stop doing because now you know, because to whom much is given as much is required. So when you know something, you can't unknow it. It's worse to know something and not do it than to know something and and not know something and not do it because the bible when it says to whom much is given much is required the scriptures up that leads up to that particular scripture is talking about how these servants did not know something so they didn't do it and so the bible was saying so when you don't do when you don't know and you don't do the lashes are not as severe Meaning you still get lashes. Isn't that interesting? You still get lashes. They're not as severe. But for those that know and do not do, your lashes are very severe because to whom much is given, much is required. Amen. That is why you got to be careful about who you listen to or how you, um, you know, how you are dividing the, the word of God because you want to have it in context. Yeah, we like to quote certain scriptures because they sound good or they may be relative to the situation, at least we think. But you really want to take the scriptures ahead of it and, and even after it or even the whole chapter to get a full understanding. What is the author talking about? What does this mean? How does this apply? And you have to understand that when you know what to do and you don't do it, your your lashes is greater. Your judgment is greater. Your consequences is greater. But those who don't know and don't do, they still get consequences. They're just not as great. So that is even referring to what I just was talking about, the, the difference judgment seats. Even the unbelievers or the people who didn't know, your lashes are not as severe because you didn't know, but you still are given an account. You're still accountable. So it's so important for us to get our houses in order and getting your house in order is also you being bold as a lion of Judah because you're making a bold declaration saying, no devil, you cannot have me. You cannot have my family. No longer am I going to go down this path of darkness. No longer am I going to allow myself to be in this stronghold or allow myself to be, you know, entangled in this bondage any longer. No longer am I going to, you know, be so to the uh, flesh and reaper correction. No longer am I going to be a life, living a lifestyle of disobedience. No longer am I going to be a prodigal. I am bold as the lion of Judah. I'm making a bold declaration that I am going to live for the Lord. I am going to do it his way. I'm going to find out what his Bible says about how to live and how to be a woman of God and how to be a mother and what to do and what not to do so I can apply it to my life. That's why in the Bible tells us in Psalm what 119, that I keep the word hidden in my heart that I may not sin against thee. Well, if you don't have the word in your heart, which means you're not you you're not able to, you know, have the word because you're not reading it, you're not meditating on it, you don't know what the word says, it can't be in your heart because when it's in your heart, it's going to prevent you from sinning. Because if I know that something is a sin because I've read it and meditated on it and the word, the word of God, not people, but the word of God tell me it's a sin. Now, because I have that in my heart, I ain't going to do it. It's going to keep me from sinning against thee, him, God, the most high, Elohim, Adonai, 
God Almighty. It's going to keep me from sinning against him because have his word have I hidden in my heart. Amen. As women, we have to be bold in our declaration of our salvation. We have to be bold in our declaration of our convictions. If you know that you should not do something, everything is not listed out in the Bible. There is no exhaustive list of sin in the Bible. The Bible speaks about certain sins. And a lot of those sins are multifaceted because a lot of things can be considered one of those sins, like fornication, for example. Fornication is sex outside of wedlock, right? Adultery, infidelity, oral sex, um, masturbation, right? So it's multifaceted. So the word fornication is just like pornea. It's talking about pornea or pornography or any type of a sexual activity outside of the marriage bed. Well, we know we live in a day where there's they're just making up types of sex, right? They got all kinds of sexual orientations and types of sex that people indulge in, but it's all under the umbrella of fornication. That's just what it is. And the Bible talks about fornication being a sin, fornication being, you know, us sinning against our own body. All other sins are done outside the body. Fornication or sex or sexual sin is the one sin that is done against your own body. And your body is the temple where the spirit of the living God dwells. And so God's spirit can't dwell in a defiled temple and so when you don't know that right then you don't understand that maybe you heard the word fornication but maybe you don't even know what that means maybe you don't even know you know what all that entails that's why it's important to study to show thyself approved right that's why it's important to get into your word so you can make bold declarations stand on your convictions if you know the lord told you don't go you can't go out no more to the club that ain't in the bible but don't go Amen. You know, if the Lord told you not to drink no more, that ain't in the Bible. Jesus turned water into wine. The disciples drank wine. He drank wine because it was a celebratory thing. It was a part of festivals. It was, it had its place, but that's not the sin. The sin is when you're drinking to get drunk. You're trying to now be intoxicated. You're tr that's why the Bible say be sober and vigilant. Sober, sobriety, you know, of a sound mind. When you get intoxicated, now your mind is altered. So it's all about context. But if God told you to do it, even though it's not, a, don't do it, then you got to stand boldly on your convictions, right? Whatever God has told you to do, you do it and you do it boldly. When you know that God has restored you, when you know that God has brought you out, when you know God has redeemed you, when you know he has healed you, come on somebody, when you know maybe you were a low down dirty scoundrel, maybe you was the worst of the worst. Even Paul said he considered himself the least of the least, and we know that he is one of the most famous apostles and writers of three-fifths of the new testament right but even he considered himself the least of the least even if you were the worst of the worst even if you did some things that you feel like is the unforgivable god said that he can for he he forgives right there there that is not the unforgivable sin you know but you just have to understand you have to forgive yourself people may not forgive you that's okay. If you went back to try to right a wrong in the leading of the Holy Spirit, if you apologize, if you extended an olive branch, if you, you know, uh, extended forgiveness, that is your due diligence. That is all you can do. Be at peace. Go in peace. Go forth. 
Like he told the disciples, if you go into a city and they do not receive you, will you come out and shake the dust off your sandals and you go to the next city? If you go to right or wrong or, or, or bring some type of, you know, reconciliation or forgiveness or something like, you know, trying to resolve an issue or trying to do something, you know, trying to make a right, uh, a wrong right and a person don't receive you, go in peace. Listen to me. Go in peace. Do not be under condemnation. When you are doing what God has told you to do, be bold as the Lion of Judah when you do it. And no, it may not always turn out the way you expected it to. It may not, the outcome that you desire may not always be what it what happens, but you be at peace knowing that God is pleased with you. Sister, be at peace when God restores you, when he redeems you, when he makes you new again, when he redeems time, when he restores your body. Come on, somebody. Yeah, there's sometimes you might get yourself caught up. You may get yourself into a situation where you, you know, encounter a disease. Come on, we talk real on this um, podcast. We keep it hot, honest, open and transparent. Maybe you get something. Let me tell you something. There is nothing too difficult for God. Some things you can you take a medication or whatnot and get rid of it. Some things you can't. But no, there's nothing that God cannot do. It doesn't matter what it is. Trust me, do not live in condemnation. Don't let your body, don't let an illness, don't let some kind of disease, don't let people, don't let how many children, don't let abortions. Come on, let's go there. I've had abortions. Am I proud? No. But in the moment, the time that I had the, the, those abortions, I did what I thought was right because the people I hung around, those people in my community, they were having abortions. That's how I even heard of abortion because I was pregnant. I didn't know what to do. And I'm talking to, you know, the person who I thought was a friend at the time. And then she tells me, well, you know, you can have an abortion. I'm like, what is that? And she the one who schooled me because she had been having abortions. And she the one told me where to go and what to do and all that. That's how I learned about it. And so then it just, because I just happened to be with a group of in, of friends at the time who were living a reckless lifestyle as I was and were doing things like having abortions, almost taking it, doing it like it's birth control. Come on, let's keep it real. I fell into that too. And so I had multiple abortions and I had multiple abortions by my son's father. He didn't even know because he kept getting me pregnant and I didn't want to keep having his kids. And But I did in a moment what I knew because I didn't know what the Bible said about murder and children. I didn't know what the Bible talked about the demon of Molech where the people and the children of Israel would sacrifice their children. Now, these were not children that were aborted, but it's no different. These were like born children who were alive and outside of the womb and they were sacrificing to this demon or whatever child sacrifice. But we have to understand to God, child sacrifice is child sacrifice. Whether it's in your womb, whether the baby has, you know, a heartbeat or not, that's life. That's conception. The moment he allowed that seed to go, that seed of the sperm to, and to, to uh, fertilize the egg, that's life to him. He sends down. Um, I love when my um, apostle talks about and my pastor talk about how every time there's a need in the earth, God sends an answer through a person. Amen. And that's scriptural. That's biblical. Every time that the people, the children of Israel cried out, God did not come off his throne and enter into the earth. No, he sent an individual. He sent a Moses. He sent a David. He sent an Elijah. He sent an Elisha. He sent Jesus, right? He sent a person, 
right? He And Jesus, yes, he's deity. He's fully God, fully man, but Jesus still had to take on flesh because in order to be on this side of the of the realm of this, you know, in the in the earth realm, you have to be in a body. So he had to take on flesh. But every time God is looking to solve a problem, there's many needs in the earth right now. We have all kinds of problems, economic problems, problems in the government, problems in the justice system, problems, you know, all, you know, everywhere we turn, there's some issues going on that God is using, going to use a person. He's going to use them as the vehicle. And so a lot of these times we're so ignorant in what we're doing that we don't know the answers that we have aborted in our ignorance. But even in that, God's grace is sufficient. I want to free somebody today. I want to free somebody today. I know that you feel like, or you've been told, come on, let's talk about divorce. Because depending on the ministry you're under, depending on, you know, the church you attend, depending on the community of the religious community you're in, they might tell you, oh, once you're divorced, you know, that they just ostracize you. You know, they just make you feel like um that that is just such a sin. And that is something that is so unforgivable. And you can never marry again. And oh, you know, that it is just so, con you know, and they begin to condemn you let me tell you something that is not what the bible says yes the bible says god didn't what god has joined together let no man separate that he did not create marriage to end the divorce however he uh, we can repent it is not for us to utilize repentance and abuse it and to, um, abuse grace no but it does not say divorce is a unforgivable sin if that is not blaspheming the holy spirit that is a choice that you make for whatever reason, or especially if it was a matter of life and death, especially if you was in an abusive situation and a person was going to take your life. I'm pretty sure God is not wanting you to stay in a situation where you can lose your life, you know, because that's just not unless, you know, that's something you have to discuss with him. But I don't see God because God is so loving. And he brings life. And Jesus came for us to have life and have it more abundantly. So we have to get under the right teachings. We have to have the right perspective. We can't take on false doctrines and teachings of man and doctrines of devils because people teach an error. And you have to know that God says his grace is sufficient. His His love covers a multitude of sins. Do you know what a multitude is? It's a lot. And I'm sure divorce is included. I'm sure abortion is included. I'm sure fornication is included. I'm sure lesbianism is included. I'm I'm, I'm sure murder is included. I'm, I'm sure, you know, whatever you've done in your life that you feel like is so horrible and it's condemning you and it's putting guilt and shame. I'm going to tell you right now, sister, you need to be bold as the light of Judah. After you have went to the father and you have confessed your sin and asked for forgiveness, know that you are forgiven and he don't remember it no more i do not care who try to bring it up who try to throw it up throw up it throw it up in your face i don't care if the enemy tries to throw it up in your face you be bold as the lion of judah that was not me that was the sin in me I do, i've done no man no harm because you are a new creation in christ jesus you have been forgiven you don't allow people to take you back where god delivered you from you don't be a, don, a, a dog who goes and return back to his own vice 
vomit. Jesus came that you shall have life and you shall have it more abundantly. And that abundant life, it includes joy. It includes peace. It includes freedom. It includes liberation. And so you don't allow people to put these different labels on you, especially since you have been forgiven by God because it's his opinion that matters. It does not matter what man think. They don't got a heaven and hell to put you in. God said he, Jesus said he go to prepare a place for you. And the last time I check Jesus ain't here yet and so people will try the enemy will even try to use people to to keep you in bondage to put you in some kind of you know stronghold of condemnation but if you know that word that's why you got to get in your word what does the bible say about it the bible says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when you are in Christ Jesus, you have the mandate. It is your inheritance to be as bold as the lion of Judah to say, no, there is no condemnation. No, the Lord has forgiven me. No, the blood covers that. Come on now, put that in your vocabulary from today moving forward. When somebody or something tries to bring up your past, bring up your mistake, bring up the thing the Lord delivered you from, set you free from, healed you from, renewed you from, you say, mm-mm, no, the blood covers that. And you say it boldly. You, the Lord is speaking to us like, like he spoke to Joshua. Read the chapter of the first chapter of Joshua. Be reminded. Yes, in that moment, he was speaking to Joshua, but the Bible is for believers. We are to be encouraged when we read the word of God to know the same words he was saying to Joshua applies to you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid for do not be dismayed for the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go and wherever you go, you are new creation in Christ Jesus. You have newness of life. The old has passed away. What you did in your past, that was not you. That was the sin in you. That's why that had to die. That's why you've been reborn because you were created for a time such as this. When God created you and he knew you before he formed you, when he chose you, he knew all about your past. He knew about your mistakes. He knew about what you did. He knew about the thing don't nobody else know. And he still chose you. Come on. You got to know that. And you got to know that like, you know, as sure as you know who you are, as sure as you know your name, as sure as you know that you have breath in your body right now and you are breathing, you have to know that the Lord said that he is with you. You are forgiven. His grace is sufficient. You are not who you used to be. He don't see you through the lens of who you used to be. He see you through the lens of the blood. He sees you through the lens of the blood of Jesus. I don't care what happens. I don't care who, what comes up, what brings it up. You say the blood covers that. Jesus died for that. That was nailed to the cross. I am a new creation. I've done no man, no harm. Like Paul, he said, I've done no man, no harm. I don't care if you really did harm somebody in your past, your pre-Christ life. Well, that is dead and is not being resurrected. You are a new creation. Be bold in your stance. 
Be bold in who you are. Be bold in who God is molding and shaping you to be. Be bold in knowing that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Be known, bold knowing that you are a mighty man of valor. That you are a man after God's own heart. That you are a, you're, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That you're the apple of God's eye, right? You have to know that you are his special inheritance. That you are his special possession. You have to know who you are in Christ. You are an heir to the throne of grace. You have been adopted into the family of the kingdom of heaven. You cry out, Abba, Father. I don't care if your family rejected you. I don't care if you were given up for adoption. We bind up the orphan heart right now because you have been adopted. What does that mean? You have now been taken possession of. You have now been, been, been uh, uh, engrafted into a new family. You have a new father. You have a, He said he'll be a father to the fatherless, a mother to the motherless. He said that whatever you need, he is it. He's the source. He is all in all. He is our everything. So whatever you thought you was lacking, you got it in Christ Jesus. You have it in the father. You are lacking nothing. You got a family. Even if you don't have a natural family, you have a spiritual family. And if you do not get a part of a community, get a part of a church, get, get around some other believers, because sometimes it won't be like me. I'm in that place where right now I don't really have a relationship with my natural family, but God is so good and he's given me a spiritual family at my church who has, who has been more to me than my natural family. So God knows what you need. The Bible says he know what we need before we ask in Christ. You have it. You have everything. You are lacking nothing. And don't let shame, condemnation, your circumstances, your history, your mistakes, your family, people, don't let nothing try to condemn you and take you back to where you were. And especially when you continue to elevate, you're accelerating, you're going, you're being promoted. God is really starting to, you know, elevate you and take you to new levels. You will find that things or people will try to come up and tear you down. They'll try to come up. Come on. It reminds me, hallelujah, of the story of Nehemiah. Was it in Nehemiah 5, somewhere around there? Um, don't quote me. I was reading it the other day. But in, in Nehemiah, when he went to build, to rebuild the wall, right? He was building the wall. And here comes Samballot and Tobiah. Here come the naysayers. Here come the ones that's trying to tear him down, trying to get him off the work, trying to stop him from completing the assignment of what God called him to do trying to you know they're taunting him they're ridiculing him they're mocking him they're doing all this thing but nehemiah had a mind to work so he did not stop working and what was torn down for over a hundred years if you read the story of nehemiah you read the history of israel of jerusalem that wall was it stood destroyed for over a hundred years and they did the impossible with God because they understood the assignment. Come on. That is a terminology that we use today. Let's understand the assignment. Nehemiah understood the assignment and he would not get off the wall. And that wall was rebuilt in 52 days. So what stood destroyed for a hundred over a hundred years was rebuilt in a, in over only 52 days. Let me tell you how about our God. I don't care how long you was 
in brokenness. I don't care how long you was wounded and you had trauma. I don't care how difficult the situation is. I don't care how long the relationship's been broken. I don't care how long you've been in poverty, how long your family been under a generational curse or how long your nation been, you know, in turmoil and under, you know, corruption. I don't matter how long. We serve a God that when we know who we are, come on, and we are bold as the Lion of Judah, and we understand the assignment, and we have a mind to work, that God will do the miraculous through you. This is why you can't. You have to be like Nehemiah, even when the naysayers come, because they're coming. Because the enemy is not going to roll over and just allow us to rebuild something he's destroyed. He's not going to just roll over and allow us to go win souls for the kingdom. He's not going to roll over and just allow us to, you know, or just just not try to hinder us. That's his job. He's going to. But when it comes, you stand bold. And whatever tactic he try to use, if he's trying to take you back to who you used to be, if he's trying to make you feel unlovable because you made some decisions, if he's trying to make you feel rejected because people walked out on you, if he's trying to make you feel like you're too dirty because you have a nasty past, if he's trying to make you feel like you're unqualified because you don't got a doctorate and a PhD, let me tell you one thing, the devil is a liar and he's the father of lies and there is no truth in him. You stand back bold as the line of Judah and you declare the word of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That I stand bold as the line of Judah. I know God called me to this and I'm not going to stop building. I'm not going to stop going. I'm not going to stop serving. Come on, because I'm in a situation right now. I've been facing opposition. I've been facing persecution. I've been being lied on. People been trying to take advantage of me. All kind of stuff been happening just because I'm in the place serving where I'm supposed to be serving. Just because I'm doing what God called me to do, I ain't did nothing to nobody. So let's get out of our feelings and thinking we ain't did nothing to nobody. Why are everybody doing this to us? People can be used by the enemy. And if they have an open door, he's going to use them. And people, even the closest to you, come on. I had somebody close to me, close, close to me, turn around and, you know, a situation came up and it came out of left field and it hurt. And it hurt. And I almost, I almost shrink back. I almost shrink back. And because a lot of this is happening in the church, the very place I'm called to serve. Come on. Because see, we don't talk about these things. We don't talk about how sometimes the persecution, sometimes the, the mistreatment, sometimes, you know, people, you know, betraying us and stabbing us in the back comes from those very people who's supposed to be our brothers and sisters in Christ. But because they're human and if they have an open door, if they have some unconfessed sin or whatever, the enemy can come in and he's going to use somebody close to you because he's he wants to hurt you. He wants to hurt you so bad that you stop. He wants you to stop building. Whatever God has called you to build, the enemy going to try to come against it. But we know that we can be like David and we can walk up to the enemies of God and we can say, now, who is this uncircumcised Philistine challenges the armies of the living God? We know who we serve. It's not us fighting the battle in and of ourselves. We have our God and we have the host of heaven's armies for he's Jehovah Sabaoth. He's the Lord of hosts, the host of heaven's armies that is backing us up. So when 
we come into the room, we don't come alone. We have an army. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that those that need their eyes open, they need to be like the servant to Elisha when he prayed, God, open his eyes. Let him see all of the chariots of fire all around us, that there be more for us than against us. Know that there are more for you than against you. It may not seem like it in the moment. It may not feel like it in the moment, but there are more for you than against you. You have angels assigned to you. God is not sending you nowhere to build nothing, to do nothing in his name alone. No matter if you have nobody in the natural, you stand 10 toes down, bold as the Lion of Judah, knowing who you are today, knowing who God made you to be, knowing where he brought you from, but you don't let nothing or nobody get you to stop working and stop building what he told you to build because it is people's souls connected to what God has called you to do. There are people attached to your obedience. There are people attached to your purpose. There are people attached to your assignment. And if you're not in position, then people, God will raise up another, but people still might perish in the process. And then you got to give an account. So no, not so. I declare not so. I declare a finisher's anointing that everything you put your hands to for the kingdom of heaven, for the glory of God, what God assigned you to do, that you will finish the work, that you will complete the work because the good work that he began in you, he will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. God don't do nothing halfway. And his spirit lives in you. And that's why you are bold as the Lion of Judah because his spirit is in you. Because you're speaking his word. Amen. Because you know what God says about you. You know you've been forgiven. You know you've been renewed. You know you've been restored. You know you're not who you used to be. You know you're not your mistake. You're not what happened to you. You are who God says you are. And we are called to be like the Lion of Judah, to be bold, be strong, be courageous, and know that God is with you. Amen. And he will send those people that is supposed to help you build. That's supposed to help you carry the vision. You won't have to do it by yourself. It may be lonely in some parts of the process, but when you need those errands and those errors, when you need those people to come along to help you build, he's going to send them. But you don't have to worry. You are qualified because he qualified you. You're justified. It's so what, what you did in your past. Cause see, some people be so envious and jealous because how God will bless you that they'll try to bring your past up or bring your mistakes up to try to say that you, you don't deserve this because of who, what you did. But if God said it and if God did it and gave it to me, who are, who is, who are, who is anybody to try to judge or try to, try to come against what God is saying or doing in your life? That is their issue. And they need to take that up with God. Amen. Because you know who you are. You know what you've been through, but you know what God has delivered you from, what he's brought you to, brought you from. And you stand boldly in that. And whatever he's called you to do, I don't care if you don't think you qualified, if everybody around you don't, if God said you qualified, then you qualified. 
you do it and you do it boldly. You go wherever he told you to go and you do it boldly. You speak whatever he told you to speak and you do it boldly because he has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So you need not fear the faces of man. Come on, don't fear. Don't worry about your past. Don't worry about if somebody find out. God's gonna cover that. It's going to work out for your good. He says all things. He's already taken into consideration what you've done. He's already taken into consideration who you used to be. I'm sure Paul might have had that same feeling like, oh my gosh, I used to be persecuting and putting people in jail and killing these same people that the Lord has sent me to. Come on, listen. That's a word. The very people that you might have hurt or the very people you might have mistreated or the very people, you know, that you might feel like you had a hand in treating wrongly. Maybe the very people that God caused you to go back and minister to. So you got to be as bold as the line of Judah because Paul had to go and minister to the very group of people. When they saw him coming, they was afraid. They was running for their lives because his reputation preceded him because he was known as the persecutor of Christians. But then when God, when he had an encounter with God, come on, listen up, listen to me, Lily, listen. When he had an encounter with God and he discovered who he really was and God used that same zeal that same diligence, that same commitment, right? He used that same thing that Paul Saul was using to persecute Christians to go back and save the very people he was persecuting. So you can't get caught up in what you used to do and who you used to be and all this, or you can't believe the lies of the enemy or when people try to bring it up because God will use that same thing and he will use it and you will have to go back and minister to those same people. So you got to be bold in who you are. That's why God changed Saul to Paul because he changed his identity. Your name is your identity. And your name speaks to who you are, your character, especially in the biblical times. Their names talked, it spoke, it, it cast vision of their destiny. So God is changing our identity. You may not get a physical name change, but when you come into the kingdom of heaven, you now are daughter. Come on, you now a son. You're a son of the most high. So you got an identity change. So stand boldly in that and don't let nothing take you back. Don't let nothing take you back. If you gonna roar, roar and be unapologetic about it because we are living in the last days and the world and the people who are for the kingdom of darkness, they're doing it boldly. They not in the closet no more. They're not covert no more. They're not undercover no more. They're outward with it. They're boldly declaring what they believe. They're boldly pushing their agenda. They're boldly, you know, coming against the people of God. They're doing it boldly. So how much more do those who uh, of us who was of the kingdom should go out and be even more bold to profess the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, to be more bold to declare the kingdom of heaven is at hand? Because we're up against, we're up against a time and, and we're up against the adversarial forces where they're doing things right out in the open, right out in our faces and they have no shame. And they're not afraid. Why? Because they're banking on the people of God to be timid. They're banking on the people of God saying stuff like, oh, we're just going to go pray about it. Okay, pray. The, but the Bible says faith without works is dead. What are you doing? Boldly. 
for the kingdom of heaven. What are you doing boldly for the Lord, right? We are bold as the Lion of Judah. We supposed to be out here. This is a war. I know I... I ain't in the armed forces, but my God, I don't want nobody that's going to be in the United States Army to be scared to go fight the enemy when they got to go to battle. I don't want them to be scared because you got to go and you have to go and be bold and be courageous and know whatever happens, you you doing what you are supposed to do. You've been trained. You've been equipped. You got your your, your fellow soldiers around you. You know, you, you, you got to be bold, right? And have no fear because trust me, this world, they will eat us up alive and spit us out like nothing if we let them. The reason why we see the state of humanity and the state of the world as what it is today is because too many of us in the church are not rising up in boldness we're not rising up in boldness you know and be mindful and be wise know the difference between bold and pride know the difference between being bold and haughty and you know puffed up you got to be wise in it right but when you know who you are you know the god you serve and you know what he called you to do that in and of itself brings a level of boldness and security to walk as the as the lion of Judah to go out to do whatever he's commissioned you to do. Amen. So that is the word for today. I'm praying that this stirred up your spirit. Those who are listening live, those who are listening to the replay, take heed to, and have an ear to what the spirit of the Lord is saying. We are in the end times. We are the end time army and we have to rise up bold, being bold as a lion of Judah, not shrinking back, not being intimidated and bullied by the world and the things of this world, not fearing the faces of man, not allowing ourselves to be bombarded with condemnation and guilt and shame. God says he has already forgiven you. Whatever it is, when you took it to him and you sought him for forgiveness and you actually repented, you stopped doing it. You're forgiven. Be at peace. Go in peace. God ain't looking at that. He don't remember that no more. That don't exist to him. He done moved on. Now forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for that thing. Forgive yourself for that mistake. Forgive yourself for that bad decision. God is a redeemer. Come on now. He's a redeemer. He's a, he said he'll add years. Come on, Hezekiah, he added years to his life. He said he'll bless you with long life and show you his salvation. Psalms 91, you have to know what the word says and you have to take and put him in remembrance to his word boldly. You go boldly before the throne of grace right you don't go you don't go seeking god and petitioning him all like you afraid and don't know and you're not you're not sure and all that because he gonna look like i mean do you think he can do it or not do you are you believing and standing in faith for it or not be bold as a believer as a christian boldly walk in your faith don't hide your faith don't don't be you know don't don't be embarrassed about you being a believer you know and i understand in some places you got to be mindful and so i'm sensitive to that so again use wisdom but as much as you can you know we don't want to be a, we don't want to be afraid of our god in front of people because then he then he ain't gonna know us he gonna he ain't gonna you know he gonna not know who we are because we didn't want to be bold in our profession of being believers and being followers of jesus christ 
This is a this is a season and a time we're gonna have to be bold more now than ever because we see what what is going on in the world. And if we don't rise up in boldness, it's going to just continue to get worse. Amen. And so I'm just excited. I feel the presence of God. I feel God speaking to me. It ain't just y'all. He's speaking to me because there are some things I need to be bold in. I'm, I'm one to admit that. But I thank God because he always give us what we need. He meets us right where we are. He'll encourage us and he'll exhort us, right? He'll remind us. He'll give. He'll do whatever he has to do to stir us back up like he had to do with the children, with the exiles. That he had to stir them back up after they stopped building the temple. They stopped doing the work because they experienced opposition because people was coming against them, right? And so they, they got so settled in their complacency that they just didn't ever go back to the work. And God had to send Haggai and he had to send Zechariah and he had to send all the prophets to them to stir up their spirits, to get them to get back to the work. Some of us have been stagnant. Some of us has been complacent because life happened, you know, something, you know, and the unexpected opposition, warfare, whatever, heartache, heartbreak, things happen, but don't get so complacent and so stagnant where you don't never get back up and put your hands back to the plow. Because Christ is returning and we just don't know the day or the hour. And I'd rather him come and I'm working and I got my hand to the plow and I'm not looking back than for him to come and I'm laying asleep doing nothing because I'm in my feelings or I'm, you know, I'm having a pity party or because I haven't been able to bounce back or I'm just afraid. No, God is all you need. If God be for you, who can be against you? You don't need 25,000 million followers, supporters, none of that. If you got God, you got everything. And so I hope that this blessed you. Um, leave a comment, share. Um, I appreciate all the support. Thank you, Lily, for all your comments. I appreciate you so much. I just pray that this pierced your heart, that you got something today, that the Lord was um, speaking something to you, that you can go back in prayer and you can get more revelation and instruction and that you two will go out and be bold as the Lion of Judah to be the wonderful, amazing, powerful woman of God that he's called you to be, to touch the lives and win souls and build what he told you to build and do all the things that he has created you to do, right? In boldness, in boldness, be strong and courageous. I just, just, I just leave that with y'all. Joshua 1, I be strong and courageous. Do not fear, do not be dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with you. Wherever you go, you have to believe it. You have to know it, stand firm. And whenever something tries to come up, you say the blood covers that. That was nailed to the cross. That's finished. That was not me. That was the sin in me. I've done no man no harm. You speak the word over it, knowing that the word is quick, it's powerful, right? And knowing that nothing, Nothing that anyone can do or say can stop you from doing what God called you to do unless you let them. Amen. So I just thank you all for joining the Purity After Promiscuity podcast where we are redefining a woman's worth. And today's episode was bold as the Lion of Judah. All my sisters roar, roar, 
roar, be bold, be confident, be secure, be steadfast, unyielding, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that you shall hear, well done, that good and faithful servant. Amen. So I hope this is blessing you even, even the more. And I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you. He will make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and grant you his peace. And just know that your past does not define you. It develops you and you are worthy.